It must be Thursday. Welcome to Learning Unwrapped, the podcast about your most important life skill, learning. My guest today is a social entrepreneur from Kampala, Uganda, with an inspiring story. He has a passion for upskilling the next generation of digital talent in preparation for jobs and entrepreneurial opportunities in Uganda. He is the founder of ERA92, a youth creative agency, training and employing Uganda's youth adults in design, arts, and technology. Right now, he is on a mission to create 10,000 skilled jobs for youth in slum communities across Africa. Please welcome Emmanuel Trinity. Hey. Hey, Emmanuel. It is so good to see you again. Yeah, it's a blessing to be on this chat with you again. You know, it's a, it was a blessing last time, and I'm blessed to be here too. I know you joined me on Learning Unwrapped in the past for my episode on social entrepreneurs. So you were one of three, and now I get the chance to interview you all one-on-one. Yeah, we go deep. (laughs) Yes, we'll go deep. I love that. So first of all, Emmanuel, tell our listeners about your organization and what you're doing for the youth of Africa. Thank you so much for having me, Nancy, again. And again, ERA92 is just an organization that is training up young people from the streets of Kampala, and then we connect them to jobs with global companies across the world. So what we basically do right now is we get these young people that would not have access to a computer or internet. We recruit them through our Elevate program, and they study for one year. And after one year, we connect them to jobs across Africa. So we've been doing it for 1,500 young people to date. And we're employing 60 of them at era 92 creative right now that is fantastic and are you also pulling in clients from around the world exactly most of our clients are from the us and the uk so pretty much if someone wants to outsource some of their marketing work they could go to era 92. exactly one of our biggest visions with era 92 is to point the world towards Africa. Many people do not think about Africa as an outsourcing place. They think about India, they think about China, they think about Philippines. We want to change that. We believe like right now, we are one of the fastest growing continents and that has to trickle down to you know the opportunities these young people can get through outsourcing because we have a lot of pool of talent across Africa. I love what you're doing. Listeners, you can find out more about ERA92 at E-R-A and the two digits, 92.com. So, Emmanuel, let's head back to your inspiration. Your own youth was challenging. So tell your story and how you found your way to where you are today. Definitely. Thank you so much for that. You know, most people ask me, why technology? Why design? Why art? At the age of nine, I happened to be on one of the worst streets in Kampala called Kosovo. And Kosovo was named after the Kosovo of Russia. Why? Because of the killings that were happening in this community. And so, you know, joining the gang at the age of nine, I was recruited and I had to do what I had to do to steal, to make money for our our leaders in the gang. After just nine months of joining the gang, nine of our members were 13. Nine of our members were killed to death. Wow. That was a very, very challenging moment for me because these were my friends. These were the kids I knew in a community. They were between the age of seven and 10. We woke up one day and our leader had recruited another group. And we went to do the same thing, to steal, grab, loot. And we used to do this on the New Year's Eve, especially when people are excited and everyone is loose at that time. So we went another year and we went stealing again. 
So now the tragic, the bad moment that happened is that now our leader is the one that was killed. So when he was killed, we were left to no one. And this guy was called Godi. He was like our God. And when that happened, we went hiding because the community was looking for us. The police were looking for us. And we went hiding under a very, you know, nasty ditch for four days. And under that ditch, we were getting sick with my friends. We had no food. But then that was the day that everything changed for me. A group of missionaries had come from, you know, uh, the Republic of Ireland, and they had come to build a school for underserved street children in our community. And so as they were doing a community tour, they spotted us, and they had to pick us out. So when they removed us, they asked us, why are you in the streets? Why are you doing everything like this? And then that's the time we realized that well, these people can help us. So one lady asked me, what is one thing that we can give you that you never go back to the streets? Wow. And um, that's a very, very, you know, strong question because we know it's very hard to get these kids off the streets. So I knew what I wanted. I wanted to put my hands on a computer. So I asked for a computer. And they are true to their word. They gave me a MacBook computer. Age of 13, I was able to use this tool to start learning over the internet, to use tutorials to train myself to become a designer, a software developer, and a film maker. And I did this for five years. And by the age of 17, 18, I was discovered through a Coca-Cola campaign to go and work at one of their campaigns. So they used to do these talent shows in the slums where they come to discover, you know, get your talent. So I was discovered and they offered me an opportunity to work at one of their creative agencies. This was one of the biggest in Kampala, Uganda. I was right. recruited under a paid internship and they were paying me $300. And that was a lot of money then. Right. So you can see how my life now transformed and everything had changed for me. I had survived death. I was on a different route in my life and I left the slums. When I left the slums, two things happened. My life changed. I was, uh, you know, I was having money in my pocket. I could help my friends and life was good. But then the next thing that happened, that started developing a very big disconnect between me and my friends in the slums houses that are connected i know like a hundred members and that started to really develop a burden on my heart every day that i'm continuing to enjoy my life my friends are dying my friends are ending up in prison other kids are ending up in prostitution the same cycle hasn't changed i'm the only person who has a better life right now so that started really becoming you know a thing in my life and i started developing a strong sense of responsibility on how i can go back and help these young people so I had to quit, but I didn't know anything about social entrepreneurship. I didn't know anything about uh, anything. I just never wanted to start another nonprofit. Why? Because on the streets, while on the streets, all these people who came to us, they just came and took pictures, gave us food, uh, gave us clothes, and then we stayed on the streets. I never wanted to do that for young people. I wanted to bridge a gap where they are to their opportunities, to their you know, God-given talent, to their potential. And so I realized that if I can replicate what happened to my life and I do it for other young people, then I can change their lives. So I quit and I started a company called Era 92 because I was born in 1992 and I wanted to use my time here to change the lives of young people in the slums across Africa. So it's a new era. Yeah, Era 92. <laughs> and it's so amazing how you, you knew you wanted a computer. 
So that computer provided you with opportunity. And then, and of course you were then learning and then Coca-Cola was offering these internships and that offered you opportunity. And I think that is such a key word that we need to provide youth with opportunity to be able to move on with their lives and to get on a better track. So how do you engage teens and get them off the streets? That's a very, very nice question. You mentioned something about the opportunity. And one of our uh, statements that we use across our work is that brilliance is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. And I will say that again. Brilliance is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. That is so powerful. Now, let me give you another example, you know, how we help these young people. One evening, a girl called Megan, a guy that I knew very well, her dad had broken his spinal cord. And the father was a builder and he had to build to provide a family of six. He was a single father. When he broke his spinal cord, the girl called Megan right now, you know, which, who was 16 years of age, had to take care of the family. She had no job. She had no nothing. Right. The only option she had to what they were telling her in the community is that you go and sell your body to provide for your family. So when Megan came to me, I told you, you know what? I know you are the smart lady. Can I come and tra- train you what I know, what I know so that you can get a job in my company? So she was the first person I trained. And what surprised me that within four months, this girl was getting things faster than I did. It took me a lot of years. And then for after four months, this girl could design a WordPress website on her own. And that was like, yes. That's brilliance. Yeah, that was my moment. I was like, man, this is possible. So right now, we realized that we had invented a seed. So what we do right now, our program runs for six months. The first six months, we rip these young, these young people from the slums, off the streets, off the hood, and we bring them to our center. And for the first one month, they're just testing out things. They are free to change anything. They are just seeing what is possible. We are trying to change their mindset. Okay, you're coming from this background, but this is what these are the possibilities of life. You could become a software developer. You could become a filmmaker. And this is what filmmakers are doing. This is what software developers are making. This is how, this is how you can change your community with your skills. And then through that process, their limiting beliefs are broken. Now they can see I can become a designer because someone like Emmanuel came from the streets and now they became it. Then after that one month, they choose their lessons, uh, their courses, and then they start training. For six months, They are being, you know, a vigorous training, you know, like six hours a day at our center because we don't want to let them go back to the streets. And then after that, we do the same thing that happened to me. We get companies that can offer them paid internships. Mm. And then that now give them hands-on experience with what they've learned. And then they continue. We always tell them that you guys have to become lifelong learners so that whatever we are giving them is just a kickoff to kick off your career but you have to keep on learning your industry uh, knowledge ongoing. And then after that, we pick some of the cream. We, we employ them at Era 92. And now these ones become our team to offer digital services for companies across the globe. And right now we are offering unlimited design subscriptions whereby you can get a dedicated team to provide all your services. If you need a logo, you, we do it. If you need a, a poster, we do, if you need a video, we edit it. And so we we provide these retainers that are helping us employ over 60 young people right now in Uganda. So that's the journey that we take these young people to. That's fantastic. So Era 92 actually provides services. So you are a marketing services company. 
And on top of that, you're also a training ground for young people and then helping connect them to go out and get in internships and jobs, which is just, it's amazing. Emmanuel, what you're doing is amazing. And when you are out there, like you're literally going to the streets and bringing the kids in, you're not letting them find you, you're going and finding them to give them this opportunity. What about shelter, food, clothing for them at this point? Yeah, so that's a very, very important question. So when you look at Era 92 Elevate, you know, we, as you said, we have a training arm and a, a business arm. So Era 92 Creative is the business arm that is working with global companies. But Era 92 Creative is almost a non-profit because the money we make, we give it to the non-profit. Era 92 Elevate.org is our, our academy which is providing skills, food, and shelter to these young people. We rent some houses in the slums, whereby we house these young people so that they can have a home to stay. So we group them in a group of two or four. It depends on, on the size of the house. And then at our center, they receive meals during the day. So that's the nonprofit arm that is help us integrate this into with the community. Era92elevate.org. So yeah. with ERA, the numbers, and to elevate.org. And that's where people could go to donate in yes. order to help the youth be able yeah. to be provided with shelter and food and clothing, et cetera. Era92.com is the marketing company where organizations could go and get services. Era92 elevates where they can donate. I think I've got this right now. I wanted to make sure because I know there are going to be people out there who will be so touched by your story that they are going to want to help. I know that happened the last time when you were on our show as well. You shared that first story of Megan, I believe you said her name was, who yeah. was really the beginning of this. Do you have another story or two you'd like to share that touched your heart? Oh, yeah. There is this young man called Julius. Julius has this, you know, rare condition where his bones, he can't walk, he's crippled. And we found him in the Islam called Katanga. And when we recruited him, most of the people who would look at him would not see any potential in him, would definitely want to help him. They would just want to provide food for him, anything, or get him a wheelchair and stuff like that. And one of the, one of the things that I asked him, what is one thing that you want to do with your life? And he said, I want to become a software developer. And I was like, are you, are you serious? Can you use a computer and stuff like that? We took him and said, okay, if you want to become a software developer, we have it. We can take care of it. He was a very, you know, you know, we had to, you know, provide extended help to him because we had to transport him and stuff like that. But this is one thing that happened to us. This is one of the smartest young people we've ever had in our program. He had to type using his hand like this, but he was one of the best students in that year. And right now he's working as a software developer at a company called Moringa agencies in Kampala, Uganda. But the way we found Julius, no one would ever thought that he, this is one of the smartest kids. This is, he can become a software developer and stuff like that. And so realize that uh, it's the continuous, you know, uh, gap that is between the dreams of these young people and the potential that they can achieve and the opportunities. And so we are increasingly believing that if we can bring these opportunities to the remotest areas to the last mile areas to the underserved areas would be able to unlock a lot of potential that will help Africa become the Africa we want to see. I just, I 
I could go on and on and talk with you forever. I, you know, as you know, I run an educational consulting company, IDE Corp here yeah, in the yeah. States. Yeah. And a lot of the work we've been doing is around equity, creating equitable learning environments that allow all students to learn, that allow that brilliance to shine, mm -hmm. that ensure students have opportunities to learning and, and even more than opportunities, access to those opportunities, you know, because a teacher can present a lesson at 10 o'clock, but if the student can't pay attention or isn't in school that day or doesn't have the language skills, they don't have access to that learning. And your company, Era 92, provides opportunities and you are literally going into the streets to provide access. You are finding the kids and bringing them to you. You don't just have a sign out that says, you know, need training, come on in. So I love that. I just love that. And I, I love to your story of Julius because what you're showing is that we all need to see yeah, the yeah. brilliance in every kid and realize that, you know, letting their brilliance shine has to do with us providing opportunities and access to those opportunities. Exactly. Uh, a lot of students today in schools are enrolled in entrepreneurship courses and projects. And a lot of people think that entrepreneurs are people who just, you know, sit back, start a business and make a lot of money. But that's not true because this little niche of social entrepreneurship is very fascinating. So could you explain what it means to be a social entrepreneur and how one goes about heading in that direction? Funny enough, me, I never knew that I was doing this. Uh, I started my company when I was 19 years old and I didn't know anything about social entrepreneurship. And I, need, I didn't know if even that existed at that time. Increasingly, I'm... I'm coming to realize that if you ever find yourself being uncomfortable about anything in the society around you, I'm not comfortable seeing kids in the streets. I'm not comfortable seeing our planet heating up. I'm not comfortable seeing uh, the homelessness on the streets. I'm not comfortable seeing poor kids in Africa not be able to access education. If that is one of the things that you ever ask yourself, then you have a thing called social entrepreneurship in your blood and you have to start asking your questions on how you on how you can hone that but then on the flip side what social entrepreneurship means is that you do not start with a business and that's what many people are going wrong right now because it's a very fancy thing and everyone thinks that okay let me start a business and help people with a social entrepreneur side or journey you have to start with a problem and you build a business around it so for me, what I did, I started with a problem that I saw in my community. I didn't start with graphic designing. Oh, I want to do graphic designing and help people. I wanted to help people using a business model. And so today, I believe that if you want to enter this space, discover a problem around you. It could be you providing subsidized products to the poor people. It could be designing a product and providing access uh, of that product to people who can't afford it. And that's what I did because my kids in the community could not afford a school, could not afford anything. So I brought my services close to them so that they can be able to access these opportunities. And the same way, I'm building a business around it. So to all people around the world, if you ever have anything uncomfortable that you're seeing around you, please start thinking about becoming a social entrepreneur because we have a lot of business people. We have a lot of great entrepreneurs 
but we don't have a lot of people who are thinking about our environment and our social problems that we are facing today. So I'm waiting for you guys. Powerful statements. If you see something that you're uncomfortable with in society, then you need to do something about it and you have social entrepreneurship in your blood and, and that social entrepreneurship begins with a problem. Whereas typically entrepreneurship begins with a product idea. So someone has an idea for a product, but if you see something that bothers you and you can identify a problem that you want to fix by starting an organization, now you've got social entrepreneurship. I think that is the best nailing down of a definition I've ever heard, Emmanuel. Thank you. So what's your plan for creating 10,000 skilled jobs for youth in slum communities across Africa? And how can people help? Ooh. On our website, we we'll call it our moonshot. Over the years, we've tried to innovate. We've tried to design products that are going to help us reach thousands and millions of young people across Africa. It has been a very challenging journey, but finally, we came up with a solution that we believe that is going to help us do that. So when we started out trying to scale our services, because we knew we had invented a model, we, we had a great product, we had a great organization that is helping young people, but then it was just in our slum community. And we wanted to take these things to, you know, Gulu, Kibera slums in Kenya, but it was very challenging. So what happened, we did take our classes online. But then after one, two month, months of taking our classes online, we realized that actually the people that we want to reach, the street kids, can't even get a computer, can't even have access to the internet. And so we had to go back on a drawing board. And we came up with this idea of the Elevate Booth. And this is a digital classroom put into a shipping container. We are going to be picking this shipping container, designing them at our center, and then transport them to the designated location that we choose. So we'll be partnering with churches, we'll be partnering with community centers in those places where we take this digital classroom so kids in that community can access skilling, opportunities, and funding to be able to start their, you know, take careers or entrepreneurship careers. So to explain it better, we've invented what we've called the Elevate Booth. And this is our idea, to, and we want to plant 15 elevate booths across Uganda in 15 districts. And each one of them is costing us, we have two models. One of them is $25,000, and the other one with solar panels and completely off-grid is $50,000. And when you check on our website, you'll see that drop-down whereby you can see the elevate booth and see what we are trying to do. And each booth is going to be helping us reach 1,000 young people every year. And with that, yeah, we believe that we will be on track for us to create 10,000 skilled jobs, not for skilled young entrepreneurs across Africa, but for slum street children. That's fantastic. And I, I hope that this podcast can help you on your way to achieving that moonshot because that is really powerful. The continent of Africa is the most resource-rich continent in terms of natural resources, and it's just been taken advantage of mm -hmm. through early imperialism over the years. And what we're hearing is that it's also an extremely resource-rich continent in terms of brilliance among its people, and that's what you are doing 
in terms of helping kids get themselves into a job, a marketplace. And I love the idea of outsourcing your marketing uh, needs to Africa. Why not? Why not? Our population is one of the fastest growing population. And the only thing that I'm worried of is that this population growth and people say Africa is the next big thing is not trickling down to benefit the young people which is a big population. And we are sitting on a time, a tick timing bomb. Why? Because if our young people are not involved in productive work, that's why we are hearing young people trying to cross Libya to France. That's why we are hearing all these riots because young people are not involved in productive work. But hey, the world will also be benefiting from this talent if you just open our eyes and look and say, there is potential here. And how can we tap into it? How can I bring my investment to Africa? How can I get my creatives in Africa, software developers in Africa? It's the next big thing. I've been, I've been here in the US and everyone is like, there's labor shortage. People are looking for workers. Workers are not anywhere to be seen. Right, right. And that, that was like, guys, let's look. Our young people in Africa are looking for jobs and they are smart. They just don't know how to you know, get these jobs. So it's time for Africa. And uh, if we can just open our eyeballs towards Africa, everything's going to change. And I think the pandemic opened all of our eyes more to how easily it is to work remotely. And it's easy to go out and find workers then around the world if you have a need. You're no longer geographically restricted. And part of that was a mindset. The technology has been there for a while to do that. But I think it's a shifting mindset. I find it great that I happen to live in Florida and I'm on video conference calls all day with clients and employees. And now I was able to hire team members from around the United States in order to work with us. And now we can reach out further. It's powerful. Thank you so much for everything you were doing for the kids and for the country. It's just powerful. Let's unpack the learning. What's the hardest and the most rewarding thing about being a social entrepreneur? Over the years, I realized that one of the hardest thing about my job is I have to wait. You know, it's not an instant game that if I pick these young people off the streets, they're going to become what I want them to become or what they want to become within the next one month. So it has, it's really taking a lot of time. And most of the times uh, during our pitches, people are like, okay, how does it, how long does it take to get this talent ready for work? I realized that we have to deploy a lot of patience and it works. So that's one of, that has been one of my challenges uh, over the years. But then the next challenge, right now as a social entrepreneur, I've been facing it across the US and the UK. It's been a challenge for me to convince the world that your website, your work can be done in Africa. You know, there's a client I was talking to and I told them, uh, yeah, we have kids off the streets. They can design your website. I said, oh. You know, someone was shocked. They never wanted to show me that. And uh, it's been a, a, a difficult challenge because people have this strong poverty mentality about Africa. You know, whenever you ask someone, what do you think about Africa? Animals, you know, jungles and stuff like that. Changing that mindset has been a very, very challenging thing for me. And I actually started a separate organization called the newafrica.org just for that. We organize talks, we organize events where we take people, uh, uh, we, we bring these talks to churches and then we just do workshops about how Africa is changing and what is happening and how you can be part of this revolution. So, so you are rebranding Africa. Exactly. I love it. I love it. 
<laughs> yes. So, yeah, that's it. But the most rewarding thing it will always be the story of Megan when she started making money and uh, she was providing for her family. And uh, she told me one day that Trinity, one of the most rewarding thing about my job is that every day, because that time I was paying them daily, that every day I'm able to take food for my family and also medicine for my dad. And if I was to help those people, if I was to help Megan, I'd be still helping them right now. But whatever thing I gave them, I knew that I gave them the tools that they need for them to become self-reliant, change their community, change their family and their generation. And so that's the most rewarding thing about my work because I believe that I'm changing generations. I'm changing limiting beliefs. I'm putting people in their full potential and be able to achieve their dreams. So every day I see a young person uh, graduate. Recently, there's a kid that um, they graduated and they made a company, three of them. And right now they're working, you know, in one of the fastest growing, you know, areas of uh, design. And they're having clients every day. I see their work online. And every time I see these kids, I just feel like crying because I know the opposite of their story. They would be in prison or dead. Seeing that shift in their lives is what really keeps me going. Wow. You can make a difference. I mean, that's the key. Again, I have to keep repeating these websites, era92.com. If you are looking for marketing materials, a website, logo, this is the place to go. Reach out to Emmanuel and tell him you know Nancy Sula. And if you have the wherewithal and ability to donate to help create these 10,000 jobs and get kids off the street and provide them with shelter and clothing and training, it's era92elevate.org. Emmanuel, the world is a better place because of you. Thank you for all you're doing. And thank you for having that social entrepreneurship spirit that just leads you to keep looking at the problem and coming up with new ideas, new ideas, new ideas. It's been a couple of years since we've spoken and I'm just more inspired than the last time with all of what you're doing. Thank you. And thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. God bless. God bless. Well, that's a wrap. I'm glad you could join me. I hope you'll subscribe, like, and share this podcast and help me spread the word about the power of learning. Till next time.